a solo episode of Rounds Round. Um, yeah. Reason behind this, I said on Twitter, I'd do one of Jordan Henderson lifted the Champions League and he did. But I did say I'd commit and I'd basically base this whole episode on Jordan Henderson's old career. But I'm doing a football season review in a few days with Henry Winter, who's a top journalist and a top more or less TV, TV pundit. Um, so I'll do all that then. So the idea behind this was just give it a crack. If it's crap, it's crap. Do one and done. But I'd rather try it and fail than not do it all, blah, blah, blah. You get the point. So also last thing is everyone who donated to my Patreon page, thank you very much. There was a few people who were kind enough to do it last uh, after the last episode. So thank you very much. Um, but yeah, it basically, it, it helps a lot with regards to keeping SoundCloud subscriptions, paying for new stuff, paying for new mics, paying for recording software that allows me to do face-to-face or even have conversations with people in Australia or the US. So whether you've got a euro or 20 million in your bank account, it um, does basically, <sighs> there is a level of you see this is why i don't want to do one on my own i have to constantly talk and come up with fucking words it's um you can contribute whatever your level is anyway the idea behind this is there's going to be loads of topics to discuss that uh, have been sent to me via instagram um i'm just gonna blab through them and hopefully it won't be overly long some of the stuff i will be way off on some of the stuff i won't be some of the stuff I will give you the best advice you've ever heard in your entire life. And then once you actually go and try apply that advice to real life situations, you'll probably end up in jail or homeless or both. But anyway, I'm just going to get straight into it. I don't think there's a re- I could map out the whole podcast, but I don't. I learned early on in the whole podcast and business, you know, oi, oi, three years. Who's counting? I am. I'm counting, by the way, that if you map out these episodes, it becomes too rigid and you stick to a time time format and you just it gets a bit dour and boring. So I have a bunch of topics to get through of a few quick fire questions that uh, might hurt a few people, but they're not over the top. I'm sure people will be able to uh, live with what I say. So uh, Maria Bailey was a, on a lot of people's minds and they wanted to get my take on it. And I want to be brief on this because the whole thing's become a laughing stock. It started off as just kind of in one or two papers. Then once the whole once the whole social media thing started getting going and the memes started going, it uh, it took off. And I think she is a moron for thinking that falling off a swing. And let's just be clear: like if you're swinging on a swing. And yes, it's at the top of a hotel beside a bar. Whether you were swinging on that before you go in the bar or after you're in the bar when you're a bit tipsy, you should be on it for one reason, which is to get some stupid Instagram story slash post. And like, if you're legitimately thinking, oh yeah, I better go swing on this for 10, 20 seconds before I get into the bar or if I'm leaving to go into the elevator, let's swing for 15, 20 seconds. You need to stand up, get off that swing, hopefully find a mirror and realize that you're not a seven-year-old in Herbert Park. Swing away, George. Ah! I'm coming, Cody. I'll save you. Ah! 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 
like Mrs. Bailey, I don't know what you were thinking, thinking that you could actually get money out of this whole thing. Like people fall, people do stuff on things that aren't exactly our own. We don't own them. So like there's been times I've been in Herbert Park and fallen off a slide. There was times I've been in Thunderland when I was 10 and hurt myself in the ghost train. There's times where I pissed myself on ghost trains, but you don't see me coming out with pants that are stained and going, you know what? I'm going to sue you 45,000 for damages. I'll see you in court, bitch. That's not how life works. So I don't know. Maybe this is going to start a new trend. Maybe people this weekend in Crystal had a good night, got the picture at playtime, and uh, did one of those kind of fake falls. And now they're going to claim against Crystal and be like, you know what? That playtime bed is uh, it's lethal. It's absolutely dangerous. Give me 85,000, please. Like, you could actually make some sort of like Netflix documentary on these false claims based around Dublin. Like you'd be getting um, people will be suing Zosmus for the fake umbrellas. Someone probably some, I don't know, someone who maybe visited the country would have thought they would have been covered by the rain. And then once it starts raining, there's obviously gaps between the umbrellas and they maybe sue uh, places like Zosmus. Maybe they might sue Londis on uh, Grafton Street for making the worst chicken fillet rolls in Dublin. Like, you could go on and on and on. But, yeah, like, I think it's ran its race. I think she needs to go back to the gym and work on her jogging slash marathon work, which seems to be exceptional to begin begin with. But, yeah, like, if you're running a marathon after, what, a week while you're trying to get money because you were injured in the fall, like, that is insane. Like, um. <laughs> Especially like um, whether it was a half marathon or a marathon, it doesn't really matter. Like that has tested you mentally and physically to your maximum. Like maybe if you were like, oh, I, I tried to go bowling in a leisure plex and I couldn't, you know, flick my wrists. I was too emotionally damaged and physically hurt by the fall. Like running a marathon? Like what planet is she on? Genuinely. Like you couldn't write that. That is something you'd see in... Alan Partridge's episode. Honestly, it would be. So I think she just needs to just step back from the whole thing, put up her hand and apologize. And the thing is, people forget about it in a week or two. But if she keeps dragging her name through the bloody mud and keep insisting that she's right and they're wrong, it's just, it's not going to end out well. It's not going to end up well uh, for her. So that's my take on the whole thing. And another take I have on, and that this was quite popular in the topics people want to cover, was Israel Folau. And those two things have been quite prominent in the media coverage or on YouTube or podcasts or whatever. It's been um, it's been a popular topic. And Israel Folau, for people who don't know, he basically had an Instagram post where it was based off his religious beliefs. And he was saying how hell awaits gays and these other and others he considers to be sinners which like whether i agree with the post or not it doesn't really matter because the whole issue with the whole thing is it's not about i don't want to get into a religious fight here and end up being um the target of different religions like everyone's entitled to believe and not believe and just the fact that he 
seemed to just completely forget that he represented more than himself, which in this case is his national sports team. And then also his, I'd say he's got countless sponsorships. He's got close friends. He's got his family. He's also got a Super 15 team as well. And then also the effect that has. So like as a professional sports person, you have to set an example for all your fans, all the people who look up to you. And people up until the age of like 20 would idolize this guy. And I don't know what the stats are, but I think it used to be like one in 10, one in 12 people were gay. And like if they see him Instagramming a post saying, hello, waits, gays. And then, as I said, the other... um the other people he considered to be sinners that's not good they're not gonna be like oh that's that's key well done israel thanks for that and also like i'm just gonna say like hella weights like when the head goes the head absolutely goes <sighs> i hate to break it to israel but no matter how good or bad you are there's not going to be hell it's not like once you pass away at the age 85 you then star in little nicky with adam sander for the next billion Trillion, gazillion years. And then for all the people who were good or up at Seth Rogen and the boys after this is the end with Backstreet Boys singing Backstreet's back. All right. No, I don't think that's how it works. But my final point on the whole thing is just he represents more than himself. He's entitled to believe whatever the hell he wants to believe, just like everyone else is. But unless you're homeless and you don't represent the thing and aren't connected to a company, aren't getting paid, etc. Like you can't be stating such a strong opinion, especially on social media, to what hundreds of thousands of people, and at this stage, millions. Like that's not that's not how it's meant to work. So sorry. Normally, I I listen a lot to my podcast, so I don't have to talk. My uh, my throat's kind of seasoned up here a bit. What was next? So like this one, I think, is taking the piss. And there's three people who asked this on. <laughs> They're all different age groups, so that me- leads me to believe that they weren't all taking the piss, or maybe all four of them individually are taking the piss, but they were asking like, what career advice I'd give, which is insane. As in, it's insane of them to ask me this, but like, for anyone who's in their young 20s or 19, whatever, just go get your degree. Don't worry about it too much, because if... You're, you don't think it's going to be, you'd be able to apply that to your future job. Half of the people go off and do masters anyway. And then even if you want to get into a job, if you live in Dublin, most people here, it's not what you know too, you know. So I'd say go out, get your degree, try out as many different types of jobs as you can in the three, four, five years you can uh, before you complete your degree. So like for me, I pretty much was a teaching assistant for an entire year, pretty much worked full-time. Well, I did work full-time for an entire school year. I've done rugby coaching now for six, seven years. I did one or two kind of internships in the first year or two. I worked in UCD Sports Centre for like two years. So, and then I also was in a band for, what, three years as well, which um, there was just a vary of different things that... I got to experience by doing that. So I had a firm idea, not a firm, but a decent idea of what was good, what I liked, what I didn't like, what pays well, what doesn't, what I'm good at and what I'm not. So I just advise everyone at that age to do as much as they can, get their degree done. And um, 
yeah, don't expect to know what you're doing by the age of 24, 25, 26. I think there's a lot of trial and error. And unless you're an entrepreneur or an absolute genius, I think a lot of people just spend three, four or five years trying to figure out what the hell they're doing. And then eventually they stumble upon something where they're like, yeah, okay, I'll do this for the next 30 years. Yeah. For the four people who listen to that advice, write it down on a sheet of paper. Look at that sheet of paper. Scrunch it up as hard as you can. Turn on your fire and throw it in the fire and watch it burn. So chimps, how dangerous are they? I know who asked this, and I won't disclose it, but basically the debate I had with two, well, a lot of people, but about half of them were actually professional rugby players, so they're a lot bigger than the common man you'd find in uh, Drimna, Drumcondra. But football analysis uh, depends largely uh, on the size of the brain. Uh, you have to absorb it, you have to decode it into sound bites uh, for the common man in Drumcondra. And yeah. And no disrespect to the people of Drumcondra, I'm just saying that these professional athletes would be bigger than you, so please don't kill me. People think chimpanzees are kind of good crack, good banter, but they're not. As in, people go, oh, yeah, they're essentially like hairy humans, like in fairness, like look at him there with his banana, like taking the Oreo and he splits it and then has the white stuff in the middle. Like, that's so key. Chimpanzees will literally rip your face off. They will rip your eyes out. They'll rip your balls out. They'll rip your arms off, rip your hands off, and they'll tear you apart piece by piece. They're evil. They're absolutely so evil. And they're very intelligent, which upsets me as well. Like when they attack humans, they don't, like they do bite them and stuff, but the main things they go for, the real sadistic stuff. So like they will, people who get attacked by chimps, like their ears, their nose, their teeth, their eyes, fingers, they all get like ripped off. So it's not a case of, oh, they suffered heavy bruising or cuts it's like no the guy's eyes literally got ripped out so on that topic just stay away from gyms i'm not saying like you're going to be walking down henry street um looking for sports direct and you're going to be confronted by six chimpanzees outside the gpo who are going to be like uh, you want some that's not going to happen but don't underestimate them if you ever go away and you're in a jungle thinking, you know, this is kind of key, let's go up to the chimps, stay away from them. They will literally rip your head off. And if you don't believe me, Google it. Or else if you're on YouTube, type in chimpanzee raccoon. And for those of you who want a story behind the chimpanzee and raccoon video, it's of this enclosure in Brazil that seems to be quite a loose operation because there was also a cat and I think a squirrel. So those that trifecta of animals managed to sneak into this enclosure with about 15, 20 chimps. But anyway, in this particular one, you've got a raccoon and he's obviously surrounded by the chimps and the chimps are all kind of going like, and start like smacking them and staring at them being like, what the hell is this? And the raccoon's obviously like, what the hell's going on? I was just looking forward to chilling all day and maybe eating one or two things. Now I'm surrounded by these absolute beasts who are just screaming at me and punching me in the face. So he's trying to shimmy his way out of there. And as he tries to run by this kind of big, lazy chimp who's on top of this rock, the chimp, like without any effort, 
grabs him by the tail and tosses him at say 40 meters it's it's absolutely hilarious so watchers and there's also a slow-mo at the end so watch the entire video because even after he gets flung towards the people who are watching all this happen there's then like a little um event that he tries to squeeze himself through and let's just say there's more to the story there so watch it watch it's hilarious but it also is educational what else talk about some recent books slash tv shows slash films slash podcast slash songs you've watched or listened to so books i tend to try and be reading a book always on the go the most recent one i finished was pep guardiola's book um it was the one about when he was in Bayern munich and basically this italian ger- uh, journalist marcy perarno or something like that um it's called the evolution and it's quite a long book but your, uh, your man marcy who wrote it Marty who wrote it sounds like some lad literally from Galway was like Pepper's like hello do you want to write uh, my book for four years and Marty's like yeah go on yeah I'll, I'll watch your training sessions and uh, yeah yeah I'll take it all down yeah but anyway this guy's Italian and he basically got unprecedented access to Pep Guardiola and he basically wrote everything down every bit of tactical information, every meeting, every one-on-one meeting, went to dinner with Pep, Pep did stuff in his free time, everything's in there. So it's just fascinating to get uh, such an insight to one of the best one of the best coaches in, um, in any sport, to be honest. So that's the book I'm currently reading. My favorite book ever is Damned by Chuck Palahniuk. I can't ever say his uh, second name right, but Damned by Chuck Palahniuk. He's the guy who did Fight Club. Uh, TV shows, just finished Chernobyl. Uh, superb, superb TV. And I'm currently watching Game of Thrones. I'll, yeah, no, I'll comment on that now. Basically, I just finished the Red Wedding episode. Yeah. And when I say just, I watched it two weeks ago, and I'm still trying to figure out what the hell happened and why I should give a shit. Because, like, I've watched The Wire, Breaking Bad, all the, the big ones, Lost, etc. And, like, The Red Wedding, I always read, oh, wait till you see The Red Wedding. Like, it's so loose. Like, there's just blood everywhere. And, like, people under tables. Like, it's like it's like a standard wedding in Donnybrook at church, I should say. You know, like, loose. Like. And I was just like, this is shit. This is crap. Like, who, why are you killing him? Oh, why have you killed her now? And then it's like, hang on. So they killed them. So then do they now want to kill your one with the dragons? But hang on, what about the guy who fancies your one with the dragons? Is he now going to betray the one with the dragons? And then is the one who has the dragons is now going to kill these white guys? And then what about the fat guy who's with the pregnant bird? There's too much going on. The character development is so bad. So, like, as in those pretty substantial characters have been killed thus far. I won't give out spoilers for those who are watching it currently, but I don't give a shit about any of them. They they die, and I'm like, right, see ya. 
I hope you have a lot of money in your bank account after those three seasons, which they definitely do. But yeah, there's no emotional attachment to us, unlike, say, The Wire, Breaking... Like, put it this way, after The Simpsons episode in which Homer's mom comes back, in the space of 24 minutes, and this is Homer we're talking about, some absolute mongoloid barbarian, I was crying at the end of that. When he's sitting there and his mom has to, like, flee from the cops in the bus and drives off into the sunset, I cried. I did. I'm just saying I did. Because it's the truth. But like countless people have died in Game of Thrones. And I always ask myself two questions. Number one, I'm like, do I give a shit? And the second one is, what the hell's going on? So, and trust me, I'm, I'm paying attention. I'm not going out to the kitchen to make a cup of tea or staring at my phone. I'm watching the TV show and thinking, what the hell is going on? So yeah, Chernobyl watches. It's absolutely phenomenal. For a comedy, what? we do in the shadows is brilliant uh films um i went to see book smart recently that was in the cinema it's still out go see it it's absolutely incredible it's basically the female version of super bad but i'd argue just as funny i actually think yeah jonah hill's sister is the main actress in this and she's absolutely incredible so yeah instead of going seeing rocket man Go see Booksmart. It's definitely much better. Then for a more retro thing, I watched To Live and Die in LA, made in the 80s. It's on YouTube. Watch it. One of the best films I've ever seen. What songs am I listening to right now? Blame It on My Youth by Blink-182. Um, I Think I'm Okay by Machine Gun Kelly and Youngblood. Uh, Adrenaline by Simple Creatures and uh that's more or less it i think yeah that's all that comes to my mind and then podcasts joe rogan and then on netflix there's a thing david letterman does where he interviews all pretty much the biggest celebrities actress actresses directors Kanye west etc and it's on netflix it's basically 50 minutes of him having an interview and also behind the scenes footage of them and their gaffes and stuff. It's it's incredible. Go watch it. It's um it's better than Joe Rogan, I think, because David Letterman was the first of his kind and he's very unique in how he gets uh gets information out of his guests. And I could only dream of being able to do that. But without going down that rabbit hole, what else is there on this bloody like how much how big of a bitch are you, Richie? Like, I'm not answering. That's not a topic to discuss. You've already made your mind up on that. Also, I'd be I'd be intrigued to see if people would rather listen to this if I filmed it. So if this was all videoed, would it be uh, better? So to the two people who listen to this podcast, let me know if that's something that you give a shit about. So yeah, two things remain. So... One is highlight some stories throughout your week, which I'll finish on. And then for those of you who aren't aware of the schoolboy podcast I did with Matthew Gilson and Dylan Coughlin, that's, I think, the second most popular podcast I've ever done now. Like last week I checked, it had something like 38 people that still listen to us last week. And it's been out now for five months, four months. So the response to that was pretty overwhelming and then obviously in the topics for this a lot of people 
uh, sentence stuff like your best schoolboys experiences, what was rugby like, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so I tried to pick the one that most people seemed interested in and a lot tied around the Senior Cup in 2013 and the final. And people are asking me, what was the build-up like? What was it like to lose? Another one was, way you bottle an idiot, which is true. So I'll give just a brief synopsis of that whole period. I'm not going to give the whole cup, but like people want to know what the build-up was like to that cup final. And in 2013, and we'd beaten Newbridge in the semi by a couple of points three points maybe and rock came back against ross gray and they'd 14 men and i was actually at that game and that's one of the better games i've seen in schools boys like three or four of those games in that cup that year were absolutely ridiculous but that one i think rock came back from like 17 or 19 points with 10 minutes to go or 15 minutes to go maybe and this was all with 14 men because i think there was a tip tackle by mr shawnee Coughlin who um who ended up getting banned, but I think his ban from the semi-final to the final, it expired two or three hours before kickoff. So like just they might as well have banned him for five minutes after the match, uh, rather than the like nine days and six hours. Yeah. Having said that, schools rugby, I don't think lads, unless unless someone's eye gouging or attempting to kill someone i don't think anyone should ever miss a schoolboys game for something like a tip tackle or an accidental high tackle or something like that or one of the tackles in the air that flips people i know it's dangerous and stuff but if the people are okay like it's uh it's kids we're talking about in school so i did i cared at the time but looking back and i couldn't give a shit but that cup that year i think Ternier were favorites and um yeah they bottled us against Ross Gray so um yeah i expect to have plenty of private messages from uh, the Ternier faithful after that but yeah they lost Ross Gray in the first round and i remember that year there was about four or five teams that could have won the cup realistically and we got to the final sort of rock and going into it rock were slight favorites I think the spread, that was back when Paddy Power could gamble. Could gamble? Sorry, they could give you odds on matches. So like you had in the past pupil section of games in Donnybrook, you'd have some lads being like, what the fuck are you like? You need another four points to cover the spread. I think the spread in the first game, and those who listened to the Schoolboy uh, podcast I did a few months ago with the lads, uh, I think it was minus 10. Michaels against Kassanok and it was 12-3 full time and that was the game which I did a chip and chase and so it was obviously a 9 point win but people needed us to win more than 10 for the 10 to 11 odds uh, to come true and I think it was after the game when we were walking in there was a group of past pupils lads and this is another story I forgot to say and my brother was one of them and they're all like, oh, well done, well done, well done. Yeah, you sicko, ledge, ledge, ledge. And I walked by my brother and a few of his mates, and they were like, you fucking idiots. You've after cost me 100 quid. You bloody clown. You fine. And as they were screaming at me, I just darted in, just darted into the changing room. It was like a Premier League footballer after just costing his team a big game. 
Yeah, I remember that vividly. But yeah, I think Rock were minus three going in. There was a good bit of hype. Rock Michaels. From our point of view, we had never beaten Rock in a cup. It's funny how people always say, oh, it doesn't make a big difference. Every year is different. There always has to be a team to break the mold. But like, <laughs> it'd be something that'd be talked about nearly every day in a positive or negative space. You'd be saying like, oh, well, someone's going to have to do it eventually or else other people would be like, oh, we've never beaten Rock. So that was kind of a hoodoo that did play in our minds a little bit. Trying to think what else was there. Yeah, I just remember the detail that went into it was crazy. As in, everything else was more or less the same. The build-up was the same. Training was quite similar. But the analysis was definitely a step up from the previous games. So, like, everything got analysed from scrum to individuals. We... Then made, I think we changed our whole lineout system as well. Our calls were changed, um, game plans, etc. And it's funny enough, a year later when I met Peter Smith, who was the coach of Rock that year, he was chatting to me about his analysis for the final. And even a year on, he was saying he had individual stuff done on all our players. He'd even picked on picked up on one or two little arguments some of our players had during the cup one was involving me and Ross Maloney over I don't know a line out I think it was and yeah just detail like that was absolutely insane then I remember arriving there was good the warm up the weather was brilliant it was so sunny there's a great buzz before the game. Um, the crowd was crazy. I still haven't seen a bigger crowd at the RDS since or even beforehand. Like it was more or less like I'd say 80, 90% full. Like nowadays, if you see an SET final, there's like a lot of sections that are just empty. While in this one, there was one or two that were empty, but like the main stand was more or less completely full. Uh, the old uh, stand was completely full. Those flares going off about uh, past pupils' ends. And uh, yeah, the game's pretty much a blur. It was, what was this? It was 16-9 or 16, I'm trying to think, 16-7 at halftime to rock, I think. And going into halftime, I think we all felt fairly confident. And the funny thing was, it was the whole message at the halftime was, oh yeah, let's just keep playing, let's keep playing, blah, blah, blah. And let's like tire them out because they probably had a bigger pack. They're more forward orientated potentially. So it was all about playing rugby. And then once we'd gone back out, it started to piss rain. And that's when we started to kick the ball a lot more. And that's how we actually got back into the game. We started using our mall a lot more, using our forwards a lot more, kicking the corners a lot more. And yeah, ended up getting, what, 20, 16 ahead with like eight, seven minutes to go. And yeah, through another up and under kick, bounced. Sean Coughlin uh, caught us, beat a few defenders. They went one or two phases, scored in the corner uh, via forward pass. But anyway, listen, at least no one's holding grudges or even thinks about us uh, every night and keeps them awake. But yeah, as I said, like it was a perfectly legitimate um, for half, but um, yeah. So then they won. 
uh, I'm trying to think. Like looking back on it, we Michaels anyway. We played probably better rugby overall, but 14 points being conceded from an intercept and a high ball bounce and wasn't great on our part. So yeah, and then I remember after the game, who <laughs> both the buses were uh, parked beside each other. So I'd say there was a six meter gap between both. So we're obviously depressed. It's the worst day of your life up until that point. So I was, what, 18, 19 at that stage. And you're on a bus, no one's speaking to each other. It's hell. It's like a funeral. And we're on a bus all being like, right, this is the worst day of our lives. And I remember looking up and just looking to the left and just seeing an empty bus. It was the same one as us. It didn't have any crest or anything on it, like a Morton's bus. And then, lo and behold, about 20 seconds later, the whole Black Rock team gets on, starts jumping up and down, taking videos, Powerade bottles staying in the windows. And honestly, I'd say there's four or five meters separating the buses. So you've got those crap blinds that you can pull across, but like people weren't even arsed doing that. And eventually we got the hell out of there. But <laughs> I remember thinking, like, that is pathetic. Not on Black Rock's uh, part, just the whole situation. The whole situation, desperate and pathetic. Get me out of here, which we thankfully did. Looking back on that, like, great final for the neutral. I've watched it a few times. Um, it is a great game. I think it's still available on YouTube. And then, like, if you look now, I think 17 or 18 out of the what? 45, 46, what was it, 40, 23, two squads of 23 or 22? Anyway, out of the 44, 46 guys involved in both teams, I think like 18 of them um, are professionals currently, or once were professionals, excuse me, which is crazy. Like I, I still can't think of a team or a final where you've got so many current professionals. Even some of the players on the bench uh, are big professionals now with pretty stellar careers but yeah to finish on that subject and bury those demons and put that under the carpet for another six years until it's brought back up well actually we brought back up next year gilso and bullis we will be doing another schools round table the people want it so do it um last but not least highlight some stories throughout your week about seven people seven how many seven people asked me along the lines of the same thing so throughout the week obviously everyone experiences these weird things so i'll have two quick stories so the first one uh some of you may have seen on my social media platforms that i told people that some guy nicked my phone so basically what happened was about 10 days ago i was in my gym in the change room is me and this other guy i won't name him i won't describe him you know don't want to get into those technicalities just yet, you know? But I will see you in court, by the way. I will. And as Liam Nielsen said, I will find you and I will kill you. I'm so bad at that fucking impression. But anyway, me and him in the changing room, I realize I forget my headphones in the jacks beside the sink. And it's like a 10-second walk. It's a turnaround. So I, I, it's pretty much a six-meter walk. So I go there come back to the change room and before I left to go get my headphones I slipped my phone into my shoes and just put them under a bench and he was on the other side he was turned away from me so I don't even know how he saw it so I walked back into the change room your man's then walking out 
And um, it was like a Kaiser Soze moment. So I go sit down 10, 15 seconds later, go to grab my phone and my shoe. And I put in my right hand, uh, my right foot shoe, I should say. And it wasn't there. So I was like, oh, it must be on my left. Oh, shit. Oh, crap, it's not. And then I was like, did I put it in my back? I was like, no, I didn't. And then just clicked. I was like, that guy is fully done a runner. So I was about to sprint out, but all I had was a towel. And for the sake of potentially some minors or anyone in the public realm of that Ballsbridge area, the side of me in a towel would mentally scar many people. So I got changed as quick as I could. Sprint out. I'd say there's like 50 seconds between me legging it out and him nicking my phone. So it's not as if like he could have ran 60 kilometers away. So I run up, ran out of the gym, left my stuff in there. So they could have nicked my car keys and all that stuff, whatever. So I run up, he's gone. It's like, it's like the end of the user suspects. I'm just looking around being like, where is he? Where is he? Hey, I didn't actually scream like that, but in my mind. So yeah, I went back, got changed, started driving around Sandy Mount Balls Bridge because that's near enough to where the gym is to see if I could find this guy. Then started like staking out, being like, where's this guy? I need to find him. But um, turns out he's actually a member of the gym. And I saw him about a week later. Yeah, we were in the spa area. We kind of locked eyes in a slightly sexual manner. There was definitely a bit of chemistry there. Uh, but this wasn't sexual chemistry. This was chemistry of I took your phone. I turned off the find my phone. I turned off everything. I've deleted everything on your phone and I've sold it for 25 euro because my old phone was absolutely terrible and I prided myself on it being absolutely terrible. But yeah, I saw him and I just went and he was walking into the sauna. I just went, uh, are you enjoying my phone? To which he kind of just looked at me and walked straight into the sauna without saying anything. So, like, put it this way, if I was in Judge Judy and I had that as my evidence, I think it'd be locked away for 26 years, at least. But yeah, there's not much I can do. I've got a new phone in the interim. So, like, I remember thinking it when I got my new phone and installed it, got it back working. I was like, oh, well, listen, what's done is done. But then I was kind of like, fair play to the guy. Fair play to him. Because he was probably thinking... I've after bagging myself a new phone. This is going to be great. I'm going to be able to sell this for 50 euro, 100 euro. Lo and behold, he sprints out of the place. He's like, shit, I need to get, need to get cover. And then he looks at his phone, takes it out of his pocket, sees my ridiculous background on my phone of some stupid Blink-182 album. And then he's like, this iPhone like two is worth like 25 euro at best. So I hope... I hope whoever has it now is enjoying it because I enjoyed it. But yeah, I'm still going to see him. I can't do anything. I can just stare at him and have that romantic moment where we lock eyes in the sauna and he knows that I know. It's like that Ben Sale thing. I know you, you know you, and I know that you know that I know you. I mean, come on. I know you. You know you. And I know you know that I know you. Fair play to him, but the plot thickens. The plot does thicken on that. Yeah, last thing, self-service checkout. I wrote this down. Not the whole story, but just self-service checkout, exclamation mark. So I was in Tesco the other day, 
and there's four self-service checkouts things so you can go to aisle you can go to uh where staff are and they scan your items you pay for them blah 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 it's quite efficient then there's like a customer service desk where some people go one or two items or if people want to get receipts or buy like lotto tickets all that crap people go there then the self-service checkout in my book anyways if you've got a handful of things maybe five to ten items maybe like 12 to 13 and you want to just get a quick scan through not deal with some guy staring at your girl being like oh it's a lovely day isn't it yeah and you're like yeah yeah it's grand yeah and it's like oh yeah yeah and also it's quite a personal interaction you get in shopping because like <clears throat> i don't want someone judging me by what i'm shopping you can tell a lot by a person what they get in shop like put it this way if someone's getting loads of salads loads of greens low-fat yogurts or if someone's getting loads of doritos few cans of bloody tesco lager you know what spectrum they're on that's all i'm saying but anyway not to get sidetracked from the self-service checkout story i approach the self-service checkout it's quite busy and as i approach i realize that one of the checkouts is out of order and how tesco deal with this is they don't fix it immediately they don't get like you know those staff calls like and uh on that note as well there must be some sort of training people get when they join tesco as in like it's a hidden language because if i was over a tannoy system being like Oh, hi, Derek. Can he uh, come to aisle six, please? We need more rancheros. I'd be like, hi, Derek, can you go to there? And people would be like, oh, yeah, Derek, aisle seven. It's insane. But anyway, how they deal with the whole out of order checkout scanner yoke is they put a fucking basket over us. They just put a basket. You know where you'd scan us. So you've got the screen below. You've got the scanner. They just put one of those metal baskets that you carry around and put your shopping in over it. Like that is possibly the worst out of order symbol I've ever seen. Like put a piece of paper over it and be like, sorry, out of service. Maybe since you've spent thousands on that technology, half up on the screen, sorry, out of service. Instead, the Irish custom is, look, there's a big basket over it. No deal. Out of service. Stay away. So that was my first issue. I kind of surveyed the whole place. I was like, right, that's an issue, but I'll deal with it. So I say I was fourth in line, three people, four checkouts. As I said, three people ahead of me. So I kind of started getting fixated on this... um this woman for all the wrong reasons because she um she basically brought her entire week shopping to the self-service checkout i say there's about 30 to 40 items which is ridiculous if you have that much items you go to one of the other desks where there's a staff member and they have that kind of roly thing i can't the word escapes me now i don't know anyway it's <laughs> They scan it for you and you stand there and you just go on your phone, you become a zombie for two minutes and then you pay. But for whatever reason, her whole shopping was there. She was going at about 0.5 pace. So like, I think there's a certain amount of items that need to be there. There needs to be a certain amount of pace that needs to be maintained. And she just wasn't doing it. 
So like put it this way, if this is a PGA Tour event, people can be flagged up for slow play and warned. I think like there's an assistant there from Tesco who should be able to step in and be like, sorry, you, yeah, you, the person at checkout number two, self-service, you need to hurry up because you're not keeping with the tradition of, you know, speedy scanning here. So her scanning game was poor. So lo and behold, uh, on some of these things, it goes, oh, card only. Sometimes they don't take cash for whatever reason. I'm surprised they don't put a basket over where you put the cash in. Sorry, can I put my cash in here? Uh, do you not say the basket, actually? The, the basket, what does that mean? It means it's out of service, mate. Do you not get that? Uh, no, sorry. Where I come from, out of service means, oh, yeah, O-U-T, O-F-S-E-R-V-I-C-E. Not, oh, there's a fucking basket. That shit must be out of service. Thank you. Thank you for that great symbolism. Anyway, back to my point. So I was using card. So it happened to be the only cards uh, self-service thing. The other two were cash and card. But I kind of wanted to make the point. I was like, I just want to wait here. So it came up my time and one of the other self-service checkouts, there was an availability and I was next in queue. So the assistant from Tesco was like, here, do you want to go and use that? And I was like, no, 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 I'll use card. But I had cash and I could have used card in the other one. She was like, oh, no, I was like, no, no, I'll just use this. So one or two people went by me. I was just fixated on the slow shopper. And <laughs> so this is where it got ridiculous. The bag normally, if you're putting them into a bag, you put the bag into the tray where you put the scanned items. The bag remained in the trolley. So she put all the items down. And then after, she grabbed the bag, put all the items in. And then I'd say about 70% of her shopping were was put into the uh, bag. And her phone rings. And I'm thinking, okay, maybe pick up one hand on the phone, one hand put the stuff in. But no. This this was way, way too big of a deal. The phone call took 100% of her thinking, thought time, and effort. So she just abandoned packing the bags. And for 40 seconds, the assistant was just staring at her. I was staring at her. There was one or two other people who were a bit pissed off kind of staring at her as well. And um, yeah, eventually hung up after about 40 seconds because it was quite apparent that I was like, yeah... Not the time for a big conversation. Packs away the rest of the stuff. And um, I'm like boiling at this stage. By the way, I've only got a fulfill bar and a Diet Coke. But I'm boiling. Like I'm ready to go. I feel like Rocky Balboa. I'm like, right, it's going to be me and her over. The title is going to be the self-service checkout champion. And it's not going to be a belt. It's going to be that basket they placed over the scanner for the one that was out of service. And I'll be like, yes, I'm the self-service scanner. Champ. (laughs) So she finishes the packing, takes the bag, and then goes to get the receipt. And this this was the worst part of the whole thing. She then um, picks up the receipt, kind of rips it off. And then proceeds to like look through it as if she was like some 18-year-old scanning through paper one. As if she just, before she'd gotten in the shop, she could just remember someone's uh, wise wisdom. Remember, every time you go shopping in Tesco, make sure you always check the receipts because those items you scanned 
were purely your items and you single-handedly manually scan them, that just in case the machine does not function to the ability it does every single day, they might have messed up and you might be able to cause a bit of a scene. But no, in this case, she spent 25, 30 seconds looking up, down, up, down, up, down to her seat and walked off. <sighs> like, there needs to be rules. I'm just saying, like, self-service checkout, it's a basic thing. It's a basic thing. But, like, there needs to be rules. Like, five, six things. It's like when you go to a swim pool, it's like, number one, no running. Number two, make sure you've got a hat on. Number three, don't wear goggles. Number four, no perverts. Shit like that. That needs to be at a self-service desk. It has to be. And then also, while I was there in the queue before all this crazy stuff happened, a couple went up and bought loads of drink. Well, not loads, but like two bottles of wine and a few cans. And I'd say they were in their mid-20s to late-20s. And your one walks over, because once you scan alcohol, it has to be double-checked. Um, and they have to kind of confirm that you look over 25, which is stupid because you have to be over 18 to be able to buy a drink. But anyway, oh, you over 25? Um, no, I'm 23. Right. Well, you do realize you have to be 18 to drink alcohol. It's like, uh, yeah. But anyway, uh, the assistant of the self-service uh, checkout comes over and goes, uh, are you over 25? And your one's like, yeah. And she goes, grand. And then just put like her cards over the scanner and just let them shop on. How old are you? 22. You certainly are. That'll be $80. Oh, okay. Sha, thank you kindly. Will that do? Certainly will. Thank you, Seth. Hey, like, thank you. If people, say, in airports have that lazy affair attitude... Uh, sorry, what's that in your bag? Uh, it's a gun, a knife, and, um, yeah, it's a bomb that's going to obliterate the 747. All right, Grant. Yeah, go on. You're Grant. We'd be in a lot of trouble if that's how things work these days. But yeah, that, between the phone being nicked and that self-service thing, that's that's been dominating my mind a lot. But um, yeah, sure, look, you can't win them all. Maybe I might take up that tactic next time. Yeah, well, that covers all the topics. There's one or two others, but I'm not getting into their shit. So, quick fire round. I have five or six. So, I always ask quick fire at the end of my normal podcast. So, I might ask myself. It sounds very sad, but I thought I would because some people asked. Question one Does John Burke lift fake weights? Um, no, but I've had this debate with my friends, and I love John Burke. You fucking cocksucker. Fucking rallied, you fucking cocksucker. Played a golf out with him a few weeks ago. We're not with him. He was in the group ahead of me. And I say every second hole, all you Trying to reach the green from here, shooter. And a ball would be flying at you at about 6,000 miles an hour. And um, it'd be John Burke's ball. And he'd be walking by. I'd be like, yeah, John, that's that's your ball there. And he'd be like, fuck you, Ryland, you cocksucker. Fucking aiming for you. So um, his golf game's obviously not as good as his weightlifting game. But I don't think they're fake weights because I don't think a man that size and those weights and barbells of that size can be fake. 
so I think it's legit. And he actually had a weightlifting competition, I think, today, in which he could have tweaked his hamstring. So that's very unfortunate, but I have the utmost faith that Berkelsines will be back fitter and stronger than ever, and his first weightlifting competition win is around the corner. Um, How much of a pussy are you? That was a very common question asked. Uh, yeah, I'm a bitch. I'm a lover, not a fighter. I've only once gotten in a fight, and that was with my brother, and I like to think that I won. But um, yeah, I answered that question. Hmm. What do I think of Blink-182 pre and post Tom DeLong? Well, pre Tom DeLong, I presume, with Tom DeLong and without him. With Tom DeLong, they're my favorite band, and without them, they're like my fifth. But yeah, without Tom DeLong, it's not the same. It's like... I don't know. I can't think of a good enough comparison. But like, imagine your favorite TV show without the main actor. It's like it's like Batman without Christian Bale, and it's got like Ben Affleck playing Batman, which is ridiculous. And uh, my favorite film of all time is um, Mulholland Drive by David Lynch. Crazy film. I've watched it about fifteen times, and I could watch it again. Um, what's that? My biggest fear. My biggest fear is spiders. I hate spiders. I don't trust them. They're evil. And what really annoys me about spiders is like dogs, you can hear them coming from ages away. So like if say you're sitting in your living room, you can hear the dog panting like from a while away. Kind of like. And they're like, oh, hi, dog. How are you? Spiders, they don't give you that warning. You're just sitting there. And then before you know it, there's like 600 legs crawling all over you, eight eyes, and there's no emotion there. Yeah, so, yeah, I hate spiders. Um, last but not least. Sorry, this. Okay, so what was my favorite ever rounds rant? Um changes every month but i'd say at the moment it'd probably be the schoolboy special to have more than one guest on was great to do a face-to-face was great and to be able to talk about our own experiences rather than listening to other people's experiences quite good um but yeah but yeah that wraps it up thank you for listening so far um this is like the 38 or 39 episode so um yeah let me know what you think of this i just thought i'd do it some people are going to hate it i know they will uh some people might love it just your feedback's important because if you actually like this i need to know um so i'll do maybe more in the future i won't do them every week because people just go insane so would i but i just thought it'd be worth uh the crack and um yeah as i said uh your support and all that's great Uh, Hopefully in the next few weeks, I'm looking, as I said, to have that uh, football season review. I'm having Crocodile Chris on. Uh, Check out his Instagram. He's a guy who basically basically sleeps with crocodiles. He's insane, Um, but in a good way. And the, the work he does is unlike anything I've ever seen. So hope you enjoy it. Let me know what you think. And 
yeah see you again soon